When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking about the way wrestling shows should be. You're the champ. You should be the main event. So, in in my opinion, I think you need to be a part of it. Like that's the the well, role you, of the guy who's wearing the title. Yeah, and then here's what I think too. It's like we need to be featured on TV so I can work twice. Like Thribbly and I can go on halfway through, do some sort of finish, and then come back and boils down the big cage match main event so and then we're just having fun in a cage with my boys like that's cool 100 yeah that that you guys just don't get it i feel like i'm dr evil right now you just don't get it do you scott like it's just makes sense so well, why, why can the six men spill out to lead into a singles world title match? Well, they, it should. Build up to something. Listen, in today's day and age, the the main event needs to be the third match. Like, there's a reason why Saturday night main events were so yeah. successful back in the day. Uh, when you're trying to build an audience, you want you want them to at first. You know, you gotta you gotta do some some big matches up front. You know, and then it's up to the, the other guys to. Keep the crowd, in, and that's their chance to get over. That's their chance to do their thing. But um, if I'm trying to build TV, um, it's going to be short and sweet. Like an average main event would be, an average pay-per-view would be nine matches. I'm trying to build, mine would be five. I would have yeah. five of my best. You know what I'm For saying? TV like pay-per-view. Short and sweet. Like you're good. I'm watching this new product, these new guys, for an hour and a half. And everybody's checking it out and everybody's talking about it? Or am I going to run something that's three and a half hours on and by the time the guy I want to see, by the time the guy I want to see comes out, I'm tired. So you have to look at I think a lot of times people look at the WWE product as it is today. And it's only that way because it was built differently in the beginning. So I think that's the that's the I think that's the the issue is like you need to see if I'm going to go to an NWA event I want to see the champ early you know and it's only going to make the product look better yeah it's just it, like I said and then you know what and then you slowly as those asses fill in the seats as those ratings go up you slide in another match yep and then the champ's a little bit later and then you slide it again listen. Hogan and and all the way up until Andre, I think the main event, they were about getting the numbers in. So you got Hogan quick. Like it, this show started hot. Usually, yeah, like, some of the best the guys in the business talking. Show starts. Before you got yeah. Right. Commercial comes back. The other guy says his piece, and it's on. Like you don't have, you're it's ready to go. You know, and and then you just kind of. And that's how you build it. That's how you suck people in. Because then and eventually it was Macho Man was first. And then it was Hogan. And then it was Henning and Beefcake and then Macho Man and Honky Tonk. You know what I'm saying? Like you just keep building it. 
and building it. And then all of a sudden when you have a three hour event, no one's going anywhere because they're invested. In everything. In everything. In everybody. That's why you stop anybody who grew up on the WWF product. When you say, I mean, the 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 casual fan will be like, oh, Hogan. But when you hear fans like who their favorite is, you'll get 20 different answers. Yep. Because they were just hooked. No doubt, no doubt Jake the Snake. People remember him. I mean, like everybody. Like yeah, steamboat. I mean, you could be a you know? steamboat guy. You could be a. I was just. I've been Piper. watching. Yeah, I mean, Piper was. If you go back and watch the Madison Square Garden stuff, who's more over, Hogan or Piper? I got to be honest. Like they came Piper. to see Piper get his ass kicked. Period. And yeah. most of the time, they didn't get it. That was the thing about Piper. That he was never, the mystique of it, though. Yeah, right? I think I think it hurt him. I think it hurt him ultimately in terms of like when he was at his highest because uh, he was difficult to do business with. I think that was. I think that well, that would be the argument, you know, because he would never let Hogan, you know, get the three on him, which, yeah, you know, Orndorff did it or Orton did it, and I think in that case, the boys at one night you gotta be like, come on, Briz. You can get, yeah. you can get rolled up one time. It's not gonna, you know, like do it on the house <laughs> show and have a you know random camera catch it. Yeah, because five. never getting the 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 superfly splash on Piper in Madison Square Garden after the coconut, I think, was an injustice. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not mm-hmm. like you know Piper just wouldn't. He'd start those feuds and he'd do the part where he'd get himself over, but he very rarely gave gave it back. I think the first time I ever saw him give it back was uh, was him and Bret Hart for, when oh, they, yeah. for the Intercontinental Championship. Right. I'm trying to remember another time. Can't. You got a point there, man. Really? You, you got know? a point. And, uh, you know, to, to further illustrate your point, <clears throat> like I think as wrestlers, we tend to like, I mean, again, like Jake the Snake, like these are all people that, us being in the business, we're not going to blink an eye. Like, oh, yeah, if Jake was your favorite, I understand why. If Steamboat was. I was at a charity event, and there was a um, a gentleman who had worked in radio his whole life. So he was, you know, by the WWF days and this and that. And, again, he was not even a casual fan. He just kind of knew what it was, right, and, and had attended some events. Do you know the one person, I don't think you guys will ever get this, he remembered – uh, and it's the most like I don't want to say obscure because he's a brilliant worker. It's either Barry like, Horowitz or Coco Beware. Those would be my two guests. Red, Red, Terry, Terry Taylor is Red Rooster. Yeah, and like I said, yeah. Terry yep. Taylor as the Red Rooster is an insult because Terry yeah. Taylor was a top guy, heel or babyface. But, but again, no. uh, certain oh someone God, would they bring by design. Like well, the, you know, yeah. Dusty had to wear the polka dots, and Terry Taylor had to be a rooster. You know what I'm saying? Who could, who couldn't beat up his manager? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't want to dwell on the the dark shadow that's currently over wrestling, but when you look back at some of the gimmicks, you're kind of going, "All right, that's weird." Well, the money they could have made with those guys, yeah, like yeah. for real, like they would have put business aside or the personal aside. The money they could have made with Dusty, with Terry, and how the business might be a little different today because of it. Well, it changed um, because yeah. I, I think the Hogan era 
change things in the sense to where you would just have your set guys. You would have your five guys that are over, and then the rest of everybody fights amongst themselves. And you get that crab in the bucket thing because no guy is not going to want to. I think chasing the carrot of success is is dangerous because you'll just be focused on what they're putting in front of you, but you're not actually moving up. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's always going to be a guy be like, well, I'll do it because if I do it, it's going to get me one step closer to my goal. I'll, I'll do all the jobs. I'll be that guy. And then you get the worst compliment in the world is you're so good at it. Promote me, bro. They yeah. use me right. Come it, on, man. You're so good at getting guys over, man. <laughs> like, uh, well, thanks. Uh, dude, that resonates with me because my time in WWE, even though I was successful on the, on the tag end of it, when I wasn't the tag champ, I was the guy that was, quote unquote, building everybody else up and making everybody else yeah. look good. And, and then, I was like, well, I always thought that was a weird thing was like the guys because here's the thing you can't have you cannot have a Hogan or a Warrior or a Roman or whomever if you don't have guys to lay down for him that of of substance which means a, a guy like a Bundy or a, or whomever has to do the favor has to make himself bigger you know, the biggest, baddest, no one can, Bundy was holding guys down for five counts. You know, broke Hogan's ribs, and then he does the favor at WrestleMania to get, to build one Hogan. And they kept bringing guys in to do that. And the problem was for a lot of guys they that would do that, what's next? And a lot of times it was, oh, we'll let you know. Now, I always thought it was backwards. I always thought the guys like ST Delivery Jones and Barry Horowitz, I thought those are the guys should have got bigger paychecks. <laughs> it should have oh, been sure. getting paid to do to make the guy look good. Because here's the thing. I also think guys wouldn't lose uh, the, their uh, compass in terms of who they really are in the business. You know, like the worst thing is ever you start believing your gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, That's the end, bro. Like you yeah. hear those guys talk and then when they want, you, then you got to work with them. Yeah, and you have to certain you have to almost to a certain extent remember, like, bro, this is make believe, and in some aspects, for a yeah. guy like you, well, especially for a guy like you, Tyrus, being so big, there's not a lot of guys that could legit take you. Uh, so I can imagine the conversations that you've been in with guys who think that they are legitimate tough guys and can. Yeah, and their their fighting record is kept. They they keep. You can always tell them because they keep their win and loss record in wrestling. If a guy comes up to you and be like, "Listen, man, I'm uh, I'm 47 and six with uh, two draws and six DQs," <laughs> um, uh, so so uh, what's up with you, EC3? Uh, you're the champ, right? What's your record? Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like I've defended the uh, championship over 33 times at this point. Yeah, I'm also. Regularly padding my stats on uh, uh, shindies, I think they call them. So I regularly, uh, you know, get challenged by the local hero and then uh, soundly defeat him. But then because I'm a good guy, I say a nice thing on the microphone afterwards and I hit the gimmick table and I clean up. So it's been good. As you should. It's been good. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, it's a lot of fun. So, like, I do get to work with a lot of young, aspiring talent. 
and hopefully bring them up a level. A lot of people like they just need that one opportunity. So hopefully it facilitates it for them down the road. Yeah, it's a no, bingo. It's a um like I, I watched a lot of old school stuff this week. And for some reason there was a lot of Jake the Snake on. And um, I remember one of the matches that I was when I because you know once you go down that rabbit hole you're gonna be there for a while, and I get him in there and a lot of times I'll send matches to like T.J. Wilson or, or Harry Smith and uh, or you know you guys all the time, and uh, I see this matchup between Savage and Jake the Snake, and at the time on Saturday Night Main Event they were both heels with a lot of heat. Uh, uh, Jake was coming off the DDT with Steamboat on the floor that shoot knocked him out and then um, Savage the Tito Santana thing um, and he had stolen the Intercontinental Championship and he had all that heat hiding behind Elizabeth and everything so these two guys but Jake was so over and Savage was so over that they literally turned Jake the Snake babyface in one night and he didn't change one thing he did in the ring. You know, it's just how he worked the how he worked it. So when it was over, all of a sudden Jake the Snake's getting DDT chants out the building. You know, and Savage is getting booed, and uh, it's just it was just like I was like, man, it's that simple. Wasn't that like the the culmination of like when they started talking about putting Jake towards Hulk? Yeah, and Jake Jake started to have a little run with, with Hulk, and then Hulk realized that Jake was getting more over than him. <laughs> so we never we never did swap. get Hogan uh, Jake the Snake. Nope. According to to Jake, on, on one of his videos I was watching, like Hulk realized like he was he was starting to get over, and kind of put a kibosh on that. Jake's words. Not surprised. Yeah, but Jake may have been under the influence of, you know, something to perhaps embellish these stories as well. You never know. No, you're 100%, bro. That's old school OG talk. (laughs) Well, because I was thinking when I was um, watching that, when you hear guys say those things, it's like, what what else would have happened though? You had Hogan who was he was mainstream at a like one he was first. Like he wasn't people who didn't watch wrestling knew who Hulk Hogan was. You know, yeah. you had MTV, the war to settle the score. We had everybody wanted to be a part of wrestling. Hogan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like he legitimized to the point where it was Saturday morning cartoons. It was, you had Hulk Hogan, you had Michael Jordan, you had John Elway. Like the, he was in that, in that realm of, of conversation. Like you didn't even, people might not have even seen his, his matches, but every time he was on TV or it was a commercial, they'd be like, Oh, it's Hogan. You know, he's just, he had that. So I can't see anybody back then thinking, Hey, you know it would be good if we had our champ, who's the hottest thing on the planet right now, drop the title to Jake, who is over as hell, one of my favorites of all time, but uh, in the wrestling world, because it's a 
you're missing out on a huge opportunity for everyone because a feud with Hogan will bring guys to the light outside of that. And that's what made wrestling so crazy and so great. And guys were able to um, build careers on top of their wrestling careers was because that was what. But and I get you got something, you're going to hold on to it with all you have. Like, I can't, I would not be, I could not see Hogan saying, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, because a lot of people, I would have been like, why not have given it to Orndorff for a little while? You know, at that time. Because Orndorff was, I mean, he looked like something out of a, out of an artist painting. And he was vicious, you know, and he had the heat. So they just, I think that a lot of these, the, the heels got so over. And then afterwards, there wasn't anything for them. And I think that was, that's the mistake of the promoters and stuff. Like, you build a guy and then all of a sudden, that's it. You know? Next guy up. So after you get along... I, I can see the frustration, you know, and nowadays they don't even thank the guys for doing it. You know, they just, they say they do it, they do it, and then if the guy raises his hand or has an issue, he's a problem. So it has changed because the guy, at least back then, guys like Piper and Bundy and Stud, they could be like, nope, not doing that. They even had it worked in their deals to where they could decide what, how many losses they had to protect themselves because they were like, I have other places to work. But yet they still, yeah. you know, they still... Got Hogan over. I mean, like I said, I, I just, it's not just whenever I hear someone like, it's even the Hall of Fame to me is like, it's kind of a funny thing because it's, it, it, wrestling is such a team sport with individual achievement. But you, if you cannot have a great match by yourself, you can't. Nope. And it just, it, it's, uh, yeah, it just, it falls into the category of like, it's presented as, you know, what it is, the sport, but there's so many elements of entertainment in it where it truly is like that fine line that people are always like, no matter what, I, I don't care if it's 2024, they are still fascinated by it to some degree. Even if it's like what's going on behind the scenes. Would you guys agree on that? No, oh, yeah. Um, okay, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Here was my, I mean, you know, if we're all kind of chiming in, this was my biggest issue with WWE. And again, I'm not knocking them. I've um, I've never really said a bad word, nor will I. But the thing that didn't make any sense is when you win the world title, you are then upgraded to travel first class or business class. Right. And what never made sense to me was like, why, like we are, above average on size when it comes to uh you know the majority of us right the majority of us are well above what a normal used to be yeah in wrestling not as well true yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um but to travel overseas coach you fly commercial coach that sucks overseas then go sleep for what five six hours and then get up and go wrestle there is no other major sport or like any kind of professional organization where athleticism is involved that does that to yeah. where your starts get your traveling coach. And that was always a really, I'll say it, it was a really thing to do. And I mean, the reason, yes, you know, you get so cl- close to winning the world title and I was preoccupied with thoughts of, Oh, I'm not going to have to be flown in coach to, you know, to Paris or somewhere. I'll actually be able to travel and like be physically comfortable and uh, and that's something maybe with uh, with the new purchase and everything and the new management that can be addressed where you would dre- like treat the talent 
decently that way. Yeah, in terms of travel, I'm with you on that one. Like, <laughs> you got to fight hard yeah. for that because I fought hard for that in my like second contract, asking for at least business yeah. class. The one good news is for the, a lot of us um, mid card fellas, uh, we'd travel so much that we end up getting the the upgrades all the time. Because you're, you know, you got to. That's one thing about being on the road because you're not going to get that stuff from the office. So you got to be clever with how you do things and rent cars and flights and stuff. And and uh, you will have every possible uh, gift card American or card. Every you like you're going to belong to the club. Marriott Club. You're going to belong to every hotel <laughs> organization. You got a frequent flyer number from everything because wrestlers stack stuff up. And the next thing you know, you know, uh, I mean, I've I passed a million miles long time ago, but like I, I passed a million miles on Delta just like recent, like last year, and I was like, that's just on Delta, you know. So when you think of how much well, we travel point, and stuff, but yeah, there was a time though we were sitting the three of us in a in a row, shoulder to shoulder, knee to knee, going, man, we made it. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, <laughs> and then like expecting you to look like a star, you know? Yeah. Oh, look like this, look like. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, it's just, uh, again, that's just it's a personal gripe because, like, oh, we decided someone's going to be the world champ, so they get to travel business class when you don't, no matter how good you are, right, to the point that we were all talking about. And that's that weird kind of, like, what is the line? And up to this point, it's always been, you know, the the will of uh, of one person, really, when you think about it. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. I remember, uh, I'll leave them nameless because I don't like to tell other people's stuff, but it was just just funny. Um, Funny, sad. So uh, me and a wrestler, I'll leave nameless, his contract was coming up and uh, with, he was one of the most athletic guys, and uh, everyone loved him. He's one of those guys, right? He's a good dude. Doesn't have a bad bone in his body, right? And, oh, thanks, uh, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, this ain't you. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's he takes a lot of high-risk maneuvers and stuff, uh, which, you know, like you're like some of the stuff he does, you're like, he's just phenomenal, right? Like this guy's a great athlete. And uh, he goes into his meeting. And uh, the individual he was having a meeting with uh, is a former world champion and one of the top, one of the more uh, higher ups in the company. And he's basically saying, like, well, hey, you know, part of my deal, I'd like to have uh, first class uh, flights to all events, you know. And um, they said, you really see yourself that way? <laughs> and he just smirked. He said, well, uh, I, I guess I'm the only one. This isn't going to go very good. And they said, I don't think it is. And he said, well, I guess we're done here. And he's like, I think we are. And he came walking out and he's like, "Uh, um, whatever you do in your contract negotiations, don't ask for an upgrade on flights because they'll literally just kick you out. (laughs) So I was like, last thing I'm going to ask for, boss, like I just, that was such a big thing. Like anybody who was getting first class was like, man, who, who did your deal? Like you know, it's like that was Aaron. That is probably the biggest issue I had. Also, like I hated yeah. trying to find ways to like sweet talk a pissed off flight attendant to help me get a upgrade, a comfort seat, or 
you know, or try to get yeah. out of a middle, like, oh, it sucks, you know, and or, you know, and they yeah, have to check your bag and, uh, man, and or, they, or they'll book you, like, four flights to get to one. And there's there's literally a direct yeah. that will get you there for thirty bucks more, but it's like yeah. group, it's the group thing. You know what I'm saying? It's the group thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm flying out fifty guys, so I'm going to save thirty bucks on each guy. You know that's that's a you save a little bit of money, but where the individual going through the experience, going I don't fit in this in this chair, man. Like what am I going to do for the next two and a half hours? Hair, it's just crazy, right? Like yeah, it is. Uh, maybe we should make this clip go viral, and now that none of us work there anymore. We can do some good in the company. I, gu- I guarantee you, I guarantee Dana you they White. fixed this. I guarantee you they've already really? fixed this. I, I hope, man. I, I will, I'll be willing to bet lunch that they, they probably fixed it. Cool. Because, they. I mean, they even I, give I, I guys get uh, Christmas off and stuff now. I was like, what? That's awesome. Wow. Holy no, crap. so, wow. yeah, like they don't do the Christmas huh. uh, tour anymore. What? Yeah. That used to be the biggest money maker. For uh, the mid carters, yeah, oh you'd be like, no, 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 I need to work, I need to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. the video. So it used to be the video game check was what you paid your taxes with or bought the new car with or whatever, and then uh, <laughs> I just remember like seeing your name on that video game list. You like did it's like the mid card lottery. Like you get on that that list, you're like, oh man, that's awesome. But you pay your taxes with that or whatever other big things that is. And when they took that from us, it was brutal. Like that was, oh, yeah. that was brutal. And uh, that week between quick Christmas and New Year's. Yeah. Bro, I, I've pulled in 15 grand. Oh, easy. Oh, easy. Yes. Yes, dude. Because that's the lottery tour, especially if you're not on TV a lot. A lot of people realize, like, if you're not getting booked and you're not doing house shows, uh, you're you're broke. Broke, broke. You're not getting paid for nothing unless you have a a deal. And what it is is, let's say, like, uh, let me just throw, uh, Brodus Clay signed a deal for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the year. Okay, and he's uh, got hot in the beginning, and he was booked on everything. So for four months, I was on everything, every pay per view. I've already, and I'm hitting every house show, and I'm let's say I'm working a guy a little higher up on the card, so. You know, next thing I know, my hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I've earned it in three months, just getting big paydays. And then all of a sudden I'm um, I'm over my deal. So the rest of the year, all the money I make is extra. So my earnings uh my contract says hundred and fifty, but I, I could really earn, let's say, four hundred thousand, right? But that's only if I'm working. Mm-hmm. So let's say I get hurt or I have a shitty promo or a bad match or or something, and they take me off the air for two weeks while I figure it out, so to speak. During that time, I'm not getting paid. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring you back, but uh, it was going to be slowly, but surely, well, we're going to bring you to TV in a couple weeks. So now it's, let's say, four weeks since I've been to TV. I haven't been paid. And for those, yeah. of, and, the, and then for those who people were like, just think about it. If you're at work and all of a sudden you're not getting paid, you're done. You know, it's only a matter of time. It's hard to, and that and that was a hard thing. So then you start that leads you to being like, hey, I'll, can I? What tour can I get on? What do I got to do to get a book? Like you'll see guys just trying to figure out. You know, because when things are good and you're working and you're on TV and stuff, yeah, the money's great, but it's not it's not consistent. 
So that's why guys worked hurt. That's why guys, if they had personal issues, they like, I can't afford to be off TV because if I get off once, someone takes my spot and their story's on fire and then I'm waiting, I'm not, I'm not making any bread. Yeah. That's why a lot of guys worked hurt back then. Yeah. That's why there was a, an, a thing, drug thing, issue at a time, for a time. Right, and that leaves Man, the door. sucks. Yeah, when you wrestling talk about sucks. it. You know, because that's what would lead guys to, you know, unfortunately, putting uh, the job ahead of their body. You know, like, I'll numb up or I'll hype up to get through it. And unfortunately, a lot of guys, that ends up turning into addictions and, and a lot of other bad things. Trying to earn that dollar or at least secure, you know, some form of of career. So it's like it's a it's a double-edged sword in terms of like the but again, it's none of this is forced on you. Nope. None of it. We none all it. chose this life. And you can talk about the rough sides of it and laugh about it looking back because you still were successful in spite of all that. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at some of the things you did on the road when you didn't have everything and you look back and those are the stories that make you boys for life. So like some of the struggles it's it's I think it almost has to be a part of it. You know, I don't think I don't think you could look a, a bam bam Terry Gordy in the eyes if you didn't have some form of issue being a wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to have some fun stories when things didn't go your way and you managed to make it work cuz at the end of the day that's what we are. We're magicians. Mm-hmm. So we we got to make it work. And I, so I don't really, I don't dwell on the, the negative stuff too much because I always think that's always opportunities to build character. I, I could uh, always, whenever I think of uh, NXT, I just think of me and Dango and EC3 standing in the laundry room closet. Well, well this sucks. And we just laughed. <laughs> like, what are we, we going to do about it? <laughs> no one gives a f- about us. So. Let's have some fun while we're here, boys, because I don't know how long we're going to be. And that was our attitude, and it was, you know, and I, and I was like, you look back on that, and you're pr- you're almost more proud of that when they come in the room and be like, all right, here's the Funkasaurus, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do this, and we got lightning and all this stuff, and we got deals with action figures, and it's going to be amazing. You having Being on that side of it is awesome to get that push and to feel that, like, the, the company thinks you can make the money is an awesome thing, but when you think about when you're with your boys and you tell stories, you don't tell that story. You tell the story when it was like we had one boot, <laughs> a bottle of whiskey, and no car keys, and we found a way to get there to do the show. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's the stuff you that you remember. I think it's the tough that the stuff that builds us is the stuff that you look back yeah. and you're like, uh, you know, like so it's not really I don't look at it like bitching because you're talking about it as as a part of the build of who you are, not like and to this day I can never fly an airplane again. <laughs> you know what I'm that's saying? A, like, we're not brittle. No, you're you're not 100%. To harp, not to harp on what we did, but if you think about it, there will never be anybody in the position we were in on NXT. No. No company will ever be so daft and so stupid and so just uh, sadomasochistic to throw talents they're paying money on TV to embarrass them and to bury them. They invested in these people. Like, nobody's ever going to have to go through that NXT kind of style run we did for 12 wonderful weeks. Yeah. And we were punished for having an awesome story. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's, They're doing too good. Yeah, because we have it all good. set up for this young kid from Cleveland to beat this big monster in NXT. Like, it was, it was there. We had it. We did everything right. I healed it up. I cheated. You know, he had long hair. He had long, curly roadhouse hair for Cleveland to go nuts over. And they just said, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys think like, you're clever. But, I, again, with the exception of the ending of the movie, we did. A, I thought we did a really good job. And, and for all of us to be unselfish, because here's the thing. When you're in those situations, and every one of us who's had it, who's been at the WWE, has been in that moment where you'll see a guy who's going to cut throats to get where he needs to go, and that means he's going to do everything he can to keep his spot and fuck everybody else. And that's when it really falls apart because then when you're at each other's throat, you just prove them right. So what I mean, like if EC, I can't right. work with this dude, and this dude's this that whatever. They're like, see, that's why we're doing this with them. Yeah. One, we'll get one good one out of this. We'll see who's the last one standing. Nothing was worse when they're all standing together. <laughs> you know, and they're like, whose turn is it this no, week? It's, like, it's tyrannical <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah, it is. So I'm always very proud of that. I, I always liked Jamie Noble coming up to me going, what are you f***ers doing tonight? <laughs> I, and I'd start to tell him, like, oh, you know, I'll, 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 tell me later. <laughs> wow me. I'm like, all right, thanks, boss. And then when it was getting over... It was like leading, like, you guys up to something? You, you know, like, what? You know, I think the only thing I think we got too greedy with, if anyone's ever watched, is the Daniel Bryan and uh, EC3's guessing game is when it got really blatant. Yeah. Like, but that was just awesome. That was awesome. They literally punished, I mean, me yes. next week. It took away my redemption points. Yes. Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. But like, they, I don't know if you remember this one because it wasn't a good segment, but they, they were so embarrassed by being embarrassed that they made Brian and I shoot a segment where, like, I explained the, the connivery so it seemed like the creative team wasn't actually wrote that. Right, because it so popped. They, they didn't, yeah. Yeah. In the security footage where I was like stealing Matt Stryker's answers. Yeah, it's like what you, you got. You got guy. Yeah, and the thing is, is about that is you didn't need to solve it. It was over as hell. Like the crowd was going insane. Like the crowd was literally going insane. Like because the answer, like if you've never seen it, it's on YouTube. You got to check it out. Daniel Bryan and at, at the time, nope. uh, artist yeah. formerly known as EC3. Um, it is one of the funniest things ever. And Matt Stryker, we did not let him in on what we were doing. No. But it was after that night, he grabbed me and he said, I want in. I can help you guys. Yeah. And, and the chicanery it's came. Called, it's called Know Your Pro. And I think one of the underrated things about that was you literally talking to me in between the segments. Yes. You son of a bitch. You yeah. son of a bitch. But Dolph, Dolph Ziggler's reactions on the stage are also pretty yeah. memorable. Like I said, everyone's dying. You know? <laughs> and um, Stryker was like, oh, man, please let me in, guys. Please let me in. And I'm like, all right, man. I'll." Uh, and then he started, uh, well, I don't want to give away too many stuff, but all of a sudden we could easily pick and choose what we wanted to do that night. I'm like, all right, who's doing what? 
Uh, we get the obstacle courses. We get a little, we get a blueprint on the obstacle courses. And I think the dice one is when they finally came over to me, like, all right, what are you doing? Because uh, when you flip the table, I just turned the table. I was like, wait, you an idiot? This Man. is easy. You just reverse the table, and it was just like, ah. Oh. Uh, and then Stryker's like, you should hear them in the office. They're just going off. Because, again, the reason why is because they hear the crowd react. and, and the, But this is anywhere. Like, not no one is going to root for you be, because you're going to take someone at your, their spot. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you're doing well and people don't invest in you, the noise you make is louder than when they invest in you. So when you have crowds all of a sudden chanting and cheering and popping, when you expect, basically because it was an internet show, the audience, uh, they expected the audience to do what audiences do now. They become smart marks and try to attack the thing. And so that's what they were hoping was going to happen, is we're trying to do stuff. And unfortunately, some of our brothers before us on NXT got eaten up that way. And we saw that, where they they almost, they, they started worrying about what the crowd was saying to them instead of like I have I still control the crowd like this situation <laughs> sucks and I look dumb but I still control the crowd and that- you think about it if you're a business in entertainment and you have three people who are making something happen out of absolutely nothing you might think man if we actually gave them something okay. perhaps this could be good for our business and people will be entertained. Instead, let's just punish them. Yes. And punish them we did. But now, you know, the punishment worked out. Uh, Dango builds amazing houses all over the Northeast and dangles his way in and out of wrestling. You are the NWA Undisputed World Heavyweight Champion, amongst your very other things. I am what, well... What it is. I am the damn show. Um, you are. Yep. And then Trevor and, and Aaron, you guys are just trying. You know, you're just <laughs> going along. <laughs> just, <laughs> We're just, along sure. just just two yep. American guys. That's the name of your talk show, the American guys. Yeah. Well, what's the name of it, Aaron? What's the name of it? Oh, I was going to say twice the advice. Like, uh, hey, twice the, advice, twice the advice with, with Aaron yes, and uh, Trevor coming soon somewhere. Different points of view. We have yep. different points of view. So, you know, and uh, and again, I, I don't, it's welcome to men and women, you know, but I, I could say a lot of guys coming to us with advice and you're going to get, uh, yeah, probably two different perspectives and then do with that what you will. Yep. We got to get so, call-ins on this one. We got to, you got to get call-ins. We got to get oh, no, we Trevor answering America's we calls. Online so we could screen them. We yes. Don't, we don't have. Pool. No, no, no screens. No screens. We're, we're alive, we pal. We're alive, pal. <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to help us bring it together on the technical side of it. So if anybody's listening. Yeah. Uh, fans, any any, of, you, like any of you internet nerds out there. Holla <laughs> <laughs> at your boys. <laughs> yeah. I need so much help with internet nerds. Yeah. Social media. Uh, yeah. DM me. Yeah. DM me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exodus Pro. Oh, my God. Yeah. Slide, uh, slide up in them DMs, fellas. If that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no, EC3, I tell you what, we're, uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to toot EC3's horn for a minute. Um, Exodus Pro, what he has done with minimum resources in terms of he has a very, very small team. And uh, you talk about just maximizing everyone's strengths. 
Um, it's, re- it's just really cool to be a part of because I, I don't like doing indies. I'm not one of those guys, and I hate car rides. But I make the five-hour trip and do it with a smile because what's going on up there is really cool. And uh, I think, like, you know, with, with the concept of NWA doing the territories, um, I mean, just look, the numbers speak for themselves. The talent that has come out of there already is astronomical. So good job, E. No, I mean, I have to uh, retooch your own horn. You are the lifeblood of the creative team and the amount of effort and care you give each and every talent that comes through those doors is like very noted. And uh, we wouldn't have that without you. So thank you. Yep. And make sure you check everybody's wallet. All right. For more podcasts like this, just like this, you can check us out at foxnewspodcast.com. Oh, man. Oh, I had to get it in, didn't you? I just can't let you have it. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.